This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and the modern Australian nation has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people in Australia following European arrival. Well may we say God save the Queen because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart too better ways to push and pull hey whatever gets you through these days hello and welcome to well may we say a progressive podcast about australian politics this is episode 139 for friday 6th of november 2020 i'm jeremy sia and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is returning guest host, Denise Pico. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Now, we are recording this on Friday afternoon. Uh, Trump just had a massive meltdown, declared that the election was being stolen from him. And this is not a podcast about American politics, so other than insofar as it does lead into one of the big issues in Australia this week, or one of the things to discuss for what's been happening since our last episode, which is... The How we're par- dependent on the US? Well, no, there's that. I mean, look. How some of our politicians are currently experts in the American voting system, like George Christensen and Alexander Downer and... and uh, Joe Hockey. Joe Hockey. Okay, yes. So there are a couple of reasons why an Australian politics podcast... In fact, the entire ABC is just 100% US election now. Just... just I mean, occasionally... No, I don't, I don't think I've seen any, any news stories that are not about the US. No, they had a nice little a blurb about Missy Higgins' new sing- single about Melbourne lockdown this morning. In between US election coverage. I plan to erase all of the words you just said from my brain. <laughs> um, okay, so for, yes, okay, so the US election. But by the time that we get this out, um, there'll be probably no new news on the US election. It probably won't be resolved yet. And it's not, it's not like Trump's going to concede. Like, surely what is going to happen now is he's going to run in 2024 and he's got, now got four years to do a golf, maintain the rage, and part one of that campaign is to scream that he we was robbed uh, and maintain the rage and, and uh, demand that they continue. Um, in the background, you hear one of the many reasons why it's been very difficult getting this podcast recorded, the other one being children. Uh, that cat is maintaining the rage. He is maintaining the rage, but... Um, I think the bigger link to make, and yes, we could talk about cooked Australian politicians uh, claiming that without any, what, Downer and Hockey and, yeah, a bunch of right-wing Australian politicians who are a little bit too far into the Trump cult. And, and Sky News in Australia has been almost worse in terms of its pro-cult, pro-Trumpness than Fox News in the US. It's been really, really cooked. Um And yes, there have been a bunch of them saying without any basis, yeah, there's fraud. I mean, I'm sure there is Fraud at a tiny level, um, although it's more likely to be, you know, one of the the great things that we've seen come to define Trump projection. Like mm. If he accuses people of, uh, you know, rigging the election, that's what he's trying to do. If he accuses yes. people of stealing votes, that's what he's trying to do. Yes. If he accuses, everything he accuses people of is what he's specifically planning himself. But let's move on from takes on the election itself and 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 more a discussion about about centrism. I really want to talk about centrism in this particular episode based on a couple of things that we saw from the ALP since the last election. 
Um, ah, yes, the Labour Party, the the champions and the left, the champions of the worker, the champions of the common man in Australia. So we had the Queensland election, which Labour won, and unfortunately they won it enough that they don't uh, need to rely on the seats that the Greens picked up. And before that election, we had a couple of things that came in from the ALP, including we had Labour announcing. So Albo announced that he, we, he was going to throw in Labour's support behind Matthias Cormann bidding for uh, a top job at the OECD. Uh, and also, uh, Labor agreed to support all, to support new gas projects after uh, Joel Fitzgibbon had a massive tantrum on behalf of the uh, fossil fuel lobby. Yeah. Two things which really make you wonder what the hell the ALP is and why they think progressives should vote for it. So let's, let's do the Corbyn thing. The, the, the old thing used to be the idea that, you know, you would support the other side's retired politicians for these cushy jobs and it was a, a cosy little arrangement that yeah the because then when you became uh when you took the government then you would put your own retired politicians up and they'd support you too yeah when you lost so yeah, yeah. yeah when because obviously the point at which you retire from politics is when your party loses which means the other mob is in charge so it works very nicely for both sides if they're willing to promote the, the people that they just replaced yeah it's a, it's a very cosy arrangement and now that that was killed by, I think, really in the time of Howard, but it was certainly uh, rather viciously killed in the time of Abbott. Yes. Uh, when they, I think they recalled Brax. Uh, they, basically, a bunch of Labour appointments were immediately recalled. They put their own, own mates in. So why exactly Labour thinks that... In fact, Abbott was brutal about stacking things. He stacked the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. He did a lot of that sort of stacking with his cronies. But even, even the... I mean, those are things that have ongoing... Um, there's actually work to be done. The but but like cushy ambassadorships and things, which is how Joe Hockey is here talking about the <laughs> like somehow he's opining on how outrageous it is that DC uh, has continued to vote for Democrats in similar numbers to the fact that it, the way that it's always yeah. voted for it's Democrats. It's preposterous they voted ninety three percent Biden when previously it's been ninety two percent, ninety one percent, ninety one percent. But keep in mind that it does make total sense for the Democrats to insidiously try to increase their majority there to ninety three percent because you know it gets them. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like, but that I means you know, it's important for them to put all that effort into rigging a poll that me is ultimately meaningless. Yeah. Like he practically doesn't even have to go to Delaware ever. Well, and DC and Puerto Rico uh, don't have proper representation in the um, Senate and the Congress in the US no, at all. They don't. Like, it's a, one of the things that that Biden could do to fix the fact that he's going to have a, a hostile Republican Senate blocking everything he can he's doing over the next four years so that in four years Trump's like, look, I told you it was going to be a disaster when Biden was in. He hasn't done anything. Thanks, guys, in the Supreme Court. Uh, and thanks, thanks, mates, in the Senate. Biden can do things to adjust that. One of the things he could do is let things that clearly should be states be states and they can try and undo some of the... Unfortunately, I think he'd need the backing of the Senate to do that and they would know that that would uh, kibosh them because those would be Senate seats that would pretty much go Democratic. I'm not sure that they do need the Senate for that. I think they might. Might be a thing that Congress can do. Who knows? Anyway, not us, because this isn't an American politics no. podcast. Anyway. Are you sure? So it's just part of that cooked centrism where Labor thinks that by being nice to the lib politicians, they'll treat them with dignity and respect themselves. They won't. They hate you. Mm. Part of the reason they're in politics is because they have how much they hate you. Yes. They're, it's pointless. It's 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 But it's just... And it's ultimately not hugely important. I mean, Matthias Coleman in the OECD is ultimately not going to make a huge difference to any of us. But no. it's just part of the, this, this... It's just re, I, eh, emblematic of this sort of cooked idea from Labor. And then the bit where they're supporting gas projects is... This one's more fundamental down to, down to what the Labor Party is. But it's 
The same thing they saw in Queensland where they lost seats to the Greens because they were trying to have it both ways. Mm. You can't be saying, oh, we, we take climate change seriously and then up in the north of Queensland be saying, we're, we're built, we've built 18 new coal mines. And yeah, we'll keep more. supporting coal. People are going to get you on that messaging. They're going to get you that you're trying to have it both ways. And if anything, what you're going to do is you're going to piss off the people in... The, and I said this when we were talking to Brandon the other week. You're going to piss off the people in the city. You're going to piss off the people in South Brisbane. Yeah, now, Labor would say, well, sure, we piss, we lose them, but ultimately they support us on most things and we win seats off the libs. But the problem the problem with that, and the, the big thing that I wanted to I don't know, discuss about centrism as a general thing, um, is that you're reinforcing your opponent's argument. Yeah. They can always... Be nasty to refugees. Be yeah. more pro-fossil fuels than you are. You can never go quite the extent that they go. Yeah. And everything that you do that argues that those things are fine, yeah. not re- sorry, not refugees, but hostility to refugees, helps them. It reinforce. It, it means it, it doesn't get those votes because those votes are going to stay with them. But it does encourage more people in the centre to think that though that that's actually the right way to go that's an establishment because you're arguing with your opponents that yeah. that's the right way to go and in fact what you're arguing against is such a small fraction of it you're just pu- trying to pull them back a tiny bit you're giving you're giving you're giving you're by trying to be sort of that bipartisan by trying to be not congenial but by well th- that one's not so much that's that's not the bipartisan thing that's the surrender that's yeah, the but, that's the if we surrender on this issue maybe we can fight about something yeah, we'd like to like, talk about but it also feels like sometimes it's not even surrender sometimes it's compromise like we'll give you two thirds of this for one tiny little gain that makes very little difference to anyone ah that's that's the the compromise thing is the big that and I've sort of I've been having too much I've been listening to the um the 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 Dave Anthony podcast about the West Wing as so I've been listening to a lot of West Wing stuff this week and I on the on the election night here we watched the American president which was weird yes That's, anyway, I I find which was funny because I hadn't seen it in years and watching it there were entire sections of dialogue that Sorkin lifted and put into the West Wing so I didn't I don't like I, I've always found it annoying, and the Dave Anthony podcast about why it's annoying and doing it sort of deep dive into it has been very satisfying because it's sort of been pointing out. It's like being reinforcing why this thing that liberals are supposed to like in the lower L version um, has always left me a bit cold um, and a bit more detail as to why. It, look, the fundamental thing that they do, and it's why even if Biden got the Senate in two years or something, um, I don't have any confidence that they would do it undo any of the damage that's been done and i think mm. this is just gonna be if biden does scrape over the line which i think it was looking lightly i don't think all we're going to get is that there's going to be the decline is going to be arrested slightly it's going to not get horrifically worse for four years nothing's going to happen it's, but but it's also going to be that there's no action on climate change no action on covid and so in four years it's it's going to be a shamble it's just going to be it's not going to have been some giant more more giant steps towards fascism and then in four years the next election then it'll fall for more. i thought this wasn't an american politics it is the, but the thing that they do is that they compromise not as part of the negotiation, and Labor does this all the time. Out they the fold before, at the starting gate. Yeah. And can't they see that it, the people on the other side who don't do that are the ones who are winning? They're the ones who are getting what they want because they do this ambit claim and they've got room to move back. Whereas Labor's like, oh, we'd better cave on everything to start with. And then what, what happens in the negotiation? If your starting position is already halfway towards your opponent's, where have you got? What room have you got to move? You you end up all constantly 
letting things lunge further further in the well, in that direction. Exactly, and you have no room to move, and you have no real bargaining power because they know that you're going to give in to them anyway. That's how it feels to them. You're just going to be like, all right. You are. You get much more done if you try for more. You may not get. I'm nobody suggesting you get everything that you're going to go no. ask for, but you get much more, many more wins because you've got, you've got something to comp- to sacrifice, something yeah. to compromise on, because you've 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 started actually. And the, so there's two issue, two reasons why it's clearly politically better if you're actually trying to achieve anything. Um, it's also politically better in terms of you're more likely to win government, win power if that's all you care about, which obviously a lot of people in the ALP do, because. You're persuading people. You're not yeah. constantly running your opponent's lines. Yeah. So, a this this whole line that we have to be really centrist to win, and and uh, people off to the left are, are just they're, they're purists. They're unrealistic, and and it's just the grown ups. Oh god, this is a very uh, the, one of the most obnoxious things about talking. It's the grown ups in the room thing. Yeah. Um. That that you know that we we the we're the realists. We recognise yeah. you can't have any of those things, and. You've just got to look at what the right gets because they don't do that because they push hard for everything they can get. Look at all the sh- the horrible things that get that they get. Yeah. As a result of that, because they push and they push, they've got they've got stuff to to a they they bring people on board with them because they're arguing for it constantly over and over and over. Anyway, that's my my point. The thing I wanted to say to Labor is stop doing it. It doesn't work for you in the first place. Um, even on your own criteria for but, success, it doesn't work. And that's the thing. And you lose the people. Like you're never going to appeal to those people who are center right. You're not going to appeal to them. They're never going to think that. Oh well, they're slightly more my way, so now I'll go for them. They're they're probably not. Yeah, if your 90, big issue is you want to build more mines, you're voting for the libs. Ninety eight percent of those people are not going to vote for you anyway. Hmm. I think the idea is you try not to scare two people, scare oh, people who are but, wavering off. But the point is, instead of you might scare one or two people who are wavering off, but you'd actually possibly gain back a lot of the other people that you've lost because you don't stand for anything. You don't stand up against you know brutalizing refugees uh, and starving poor people. You say, oh yeah, no, 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 it should be higher, but uh, we'll vote to extend it at the lower rate for X amount of time. It's kind of like so. By it, I mean Centre Lincoln. I think the Labour Party thinks that uh, they don't have to do the same thing that the U.S. Democrats do. So obviously, in the in America, because they don't have compulsory voting, one of the things they have to do is get their voters out. So yeah. there is an argument as to why you should be doing more progressive things to actually inspire your voters. And in this election, they didn't have to do that. They just had to point out how horrific Donald Trump was. I don't think I think that you you know there's a, a, a huge part of the Biden vote isn't a Biden vote; it's an anti-Trump vote. Yeah. But in other other cases, if you, you've got to get your people to be inspired, you've got to sell them something. But usually, they just do that in sort of you know, like the, the Obama thing was more in sort of appearances and 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 rhetoric, soaring rhetoric about. Did you? I love this today. Sorry, back to America. The the Biden thing where he's talking about how this morning he's in his announcement is that um, you got to let the voting happen, and uh, that's what make, makes America so great. And and their voting system is the envy of the world. He called it. No, it's not. <laughs> Can you imagine how good you have to be to think that the American electoral system, like even in the best of times, but particularly this week, is the envy of the world? It's just a, how would you think that anybody's looking at that place and going, man, we need to adopt more of their methods, methods and systems? Um, no. Ugh. But I, I just fundamentally think that... that uh, so where, where Labor doesn't have to get out the vote, um, it does have to get people... The, peop- the, the, people, the equivalent of that is the people who are very persuaded by whether they think somebody's you know, a straight talker, they're a, a, um, 
you know, a credible person who believes in what they're saying and, and has credibility. And the problem is that if you're a Labor person and you're constantly arguing the other side's positions, you're always going to look shifty. You're always going to look like you don't... You're holding something back. You're, you don't look... You're not only failing to persuade people to move the actual argument in your direction, you're also always going to look second-rate and chunky because you're not arguing something you believe in. And that's true, but you're also repeating their lines. And that's one of the things they'll teach you in media training um, is don't repeat their argument. Don't repeat their lines. Say your own. Talk about your own thing. Because as soon as you start repeating theirs, that's what people hear, and you're reinforcing it. So a person has heard not only that this program is good, that we need to uh, be cruel to refugees or cut these taxes, and you'll say, okay, you know, we, as soon as you repeat that for them, you're reinforcing that. You're saying it again. Yeah. Even if you're then saying, but we don't agree with that. I think a good example um, of that was after the budget, not the most recent budget, but the uh, the budget before that, the federal one, where Labour came out of the gate and started talking about the tax cuts. Oh, Labour's doing that now. Like oh. It was like, we... The but they tax- started talking about the tax cuts and started saying, it's, it's a good example of both, because first they started talking about what what the libs had done and then they kept saying oh but we're gonna approve these first two but we're not gonna we're gonna push back on this so out of the gate they were doing first of all that thing where they've announced that they're gonna compromise they've announced to people that they're yeah, gonna no they're gonna to fold move. on this room to move um because they want you know to make sure that the that you know the person on the on the street who is going to be getting that you know a couple hundred dollars is understands that they're in the workers they're on the workers side they're there for them they're not gonna turn that around they're not gonna talk about okay so if you get that hundred dollars how is that going to impact the healthcare you receive? How is that going to impact these other things? They're not looking at that. Mm. And at no point did they ever really come out. Re- they came out hard, but this is why we shouldn't give rich people the tax cuts. But what they were for saying first is we're going to support these tax cuts. We're going to support these tax cuts. We're going to support these tax cuts. Yeah. So they were selling the liberal message before they were getting onto that. But we're not going to support this last tranche of them, which are... Yeah. You said that tra- tax cuts are good, and then you're just saying, but some of them aren't. You've yeah. said, you, you, rather than coming out and saying, hey, we have a deficit. Yeah. We have a shortfall in revenue. You can't fund these tax cuts without cutting things. The the Libs might be giving you tax cuts, but they're going to have to pay for them by cutting other Services. Things. And we understand things are hard, and we understand things are tough. But what we're going to look at doing is we're going to look at, you know, uh, increasing pension and the job keeper. So yeah. people who are disadvantaged are are in a better place. So if your work, which is an hourly employment, is going to be doing better because they're going to be getting more customers. So therefore, they can put you on more. Like, yeah. there's all and, sorts and also, of ways. And also, the thing they were afraid of, which is obviously they were afraid that the Libs were going to be able to come out and say, look, Labor's the party of high taxes and they're going to tax you more and they're going to deny you this money. Like, they still ran that. The mm. Libs still went... They're denying that because because of where where if you draw the line somewhere when we once you see part of their argument and you're yeah. like we're seeing part of their argument but no further yeah. you, and we're drawing a line there that line is not going to hold You've, yeah. the, the line was against them it has to be against them changing it in the first place because yeah. because part way through they get to run all of their attacks on you and you can't run any of the arguments back again. Um, by the way, we're on Labour and the, the Queensland election. I'm not even going to... This annoys me enough that I'm not going to even drop it in properly. I'm just going to literally play it to you from my phone. So this is Al- Albo after Jackie Trad in South Brisbane loses to the... Lost a seat to the Greens. Um, so I'm, I'm literally playing some Twitter, so I'm All just going to play the end of it first. Yep. Jackie Trad's a good friend of mine, but let's be very clear about what happened here. Uh, the LNP-Green coalition that occurred in this election campaign uh, should be called out for what it is. 
a deranged the, fantasy. The LNP Greens Coalition. That's like every time the Greens actually vote with something that is like a sensible thing, whether it be, you know, extending NBN or, or whatever they can do, you know, anytime that they've, the Labour's in like, oh, the Greens voted them with them, even though they might have also voted with the LNP in that case. Like, Yeah, if you, if you want to do a percentage of, of how often the Greens vote with Labour versus how often the Greens vote with the Libs, mm. it's 100%, it's vastly more with Labour. And also, if you want to do, if the L- Labour, how if you want to compare how often Labour votes with the Libs yes. compared with Greens voting with Libs. The Labour votes with the Libs a lot more and oh, on yeah. a lot more, a lot worse things. When Labour's doing the percentage of times the Greens vote with the Libs, they also include like procedural things like, yes. you know, shutting down Parliament for the day at the end of the day. Like they shove all those things in. It's, but it, I mean, it's patently absurd. Anybody who knows, anybody who thinks for more than two seconds can see how can there be an LNP Greens coalition when the Greens were preferencing Labour above the Libs? What? Yeah. Like, Wow, what a, it was, what a it deal. Was what I think the Libs were preferencing Greens above Labour. Well, um, what and, the Libs were doing was putting Labour last everywhere. Yeah. So they, they, it was just so they had a straightforward message, put Labour last. Yeah. So, yes, that does mean that the Greens are being preferenced in the sense of you can't have more than one party last. Yes. But that's not like... And I love his... Let's be clear about this. The Labour Green... The, the, sorry, the Liberal Green Coalition. I love, I love when a politician says, let's be clear about this. And then the next thing they say is an absurd lie because it really boosts their credibility. It really makes you go, Albo is a serious, serious, um, a serious person, who I should, a serious public figure whose words I should take seriously. Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, here he is. This is the thing he's been clear about. Oh, dumb lie. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, let's be clear about it. Let's call it out for what it is. A deranged fantasy from, from you know, my, my cooked brain. Yeah. I just... And, and it's, by the way, that's after the election. What's he... What's the point? Yeah. What's he trying to achieve? And they were saying that during the election as well. It was just preposterous. Well, yeah, I get before the election because their aim is to try and scare some progressive voters back to the Labour Party from the Greens because, on the you know, oh, my God, the Greens have voted with the Libs. Maybe they... Because, you know, the Labour undercurrent is, is this weird line that um, the Greens are inner-city uh, elites and they're, they're, you know, wealthier people. And they, you know, they do the thing and they'll find a Greens person who's got a... Uh, an investment property or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, you want to again? You want to do a comparison about percentage of Greens uh, politicians with investment properties versus Labor MPs with investment properties? Yeah, I don't think that's going to boost your argument. Yeah, but you know, the Labor Greens shit is all because they can't debate the Greens on policy because they're one hundred percent running away from that debate. The well, whole reason he's... why the Greens are getting ahead on those things is because Labor has you know vacated the field. Well, and that's the thing, and he specifically doesn't put forward policy unless he's absolutely forced to. Like it's only recently with the budget that he's put towards that Albo's put towards some um, childcare policies because they had to because because one of the coronavirus reactions was to help fund childcare to make it more accessible. Then they've taken that away and this budget they put in it's really shit for women um it made an easy spot for him to say this is how we'll be better those policies are very similar to the policies that they ran with on the last election and also but because over we've and just o- seen it yeah like, we've it's just, just happened it. yeah, so it's just happened, run a so scare campaign against it yeah when people have just seen look we did it and it worked and they did it they yeah. did too like yeah very labor's just paranoid about scare, scare yes. campaigns but what they then end up talking about is every time he's on the news, he's like, oh, well, we'll talk about that in two years. Or we'll talk about that when yeah. we're in power. Like, we'll talk about that at the next election. Oh, yeah, no, no, we'll have we'll have a competitive environmental plan eventually. 
Yeah, because you know someday. what you want is your message to Somewhere. be compressed into a into a tiny period of time. Because yeah. that's definitely the way to convince people by di- yeah. by vacating the field between elections. Like the small target thing doesn't work. You lost to Scummo. Yeah. Stop. It's just oh, the the, the centrist idea that that they that they're the ones who have got the electoral realism behind them, and that, that you keep losing. The yeah. one thing you're supposed to be is like, yes, we don't get what you you know we, we you progressives aren't going to get the policies you want. But at least we're going to keep the the conservatives out. You don't even achieve that. Yeah, just cooked. You're right. Like if he had, if they were, any time the libs are taking away support, Labor should be screaming out there shouting like that. The, when support is taken away from vulnerable groups, yes. the the you know I don't give a shit about those people. My taxes are important. People aren't in any ways engaged at that moment as the people who are literally having their ability to survive taken from them. Mm-hmm. That is a fertile ground for a party to be taking in votes by saying, that thing that's hurting you right now, he's hurting you, we would stop it. Why on earth would you just piss that away? Yeah. Like, the Conservatives know to do that. Whenever Labor does something that hurts some a, a, a group of people that they like and that they want to look after, they're out there screaming about how the decision that Labor's made is hurting. Like, they're locking in those angry people yeah. to vote for them at the next election. Nothing locks in people more than when they were angry about what your opponent did. And Labor can't do... Yeah. It's staggering to me yeah. that these grown-ups in, these ro- in the room, the, these po- professional political operatives, are so clueless oh, they, they can't just, see... They pe- just let it all go, don't they? People are angry. Well, angry with our opponents. Well, we'd better not like capitalize on that. Now, I know Labor's fighting uphill in terms of the media environment, but it's not. It's not like we don't see Albo. Yeah. He comes out, but he's just always saying something ineffective and ineffectual, and and, and ultimately, like half the time, he's he's boosting his opponents. Yes. So, but and and but he'll come out and do shit like with the the US election. He's out there being like, oh no, it's very important that we uh, we don't don't. Uh, prejudice the the relationships and we uh you know he's trying to have a go at the fringe backbenchers on the far right of the liberal party who've been shoving their noses in or yeah. retired people like downer and hockey or you know your fringe loonies like christensen how who, what why does downer why does albo imagine that that what what does he even imagine is the political gain for that like who is he appealing to who's changing their vote to the alp because he's saying hold off on it just pointless he might as well What's he, what's he doing? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand uh, what he thinks he's doing. He's being leader. He gets the thing that he wanted. Yeah, I did like First Dog's tweet. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the new Australian Labor leader, Joel Fitzgibbon, but at least the ALP finally has someone in Parliament with a spine, someone who believes in something, anything. I mean, it's a shame it's not. It's on the side, but hey, it's a start. Anyway, mm-hmm. did, the only other thing I really wanted to just briefly touch on this morning, and it, it's a bit of a nothing, but it's... Okay, so we've obviously seen... A bunch of crap things under this government. Like this government's main, the Scummer government's main thing is is grift for mates. Great barrier refund, sport rort. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, we've, and the, those the, are just Australia a few. posting. And then the Australian oh. Post uh, one who uh, Holgate, who's now being forced to resign, but she was she was forced to resign because uh, she'd also actually pissed off a bunch of her former mates in the in the libs. So yeah. But the the, the the grift there. But anyway, it's, it's a government of grifters. So, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised that Scummo and Trump uh, seem to get on reasonably well. So obviously there have been increasing calls for a federal ICAC. And 
the Libs are not keen on it. The IPA aren't keen on it. They were like, Labor's push for a so-called federal anti-corruption body would be an undemocratic and illiberal forum for legalised defamation to be weaponised against political opponents. Like, yeah. Oh, I wonder why the institute that represents uh, far-right far corrupt sort of organisations lobbying and, and giving gifts to each other. I wonder why they're not keen on, on a fed, an actual federal ICAC. But Scummo did come out and... They've released their their the, the ICAC policy they've been sitting on. Well, and it's less um, ICAC as it is the, you know... Peter Gladys, not ICAC, ICAC. The Investigative Committee to Protect Parliamentarians and Senior Public Service from Investigation. Yeah, and to punish whistle... Yeah. So, what, what was it you were telling me this morning? That they, there's oh, there's all sorts of great things. First of all, there won't be public hearings. So that won't be a feature in it. So no part of so when they do actually have hearings and and that's it's under privilege. Okay. To actually start an investigation, you actually have to prove that there's been criminal activity. Okay. So isn't like the whole point of whistleblowing is that you may not have proof of specific criminal activity, but you have suspicions of it. You think so the investigation finds the actual proof of the activity. No, no, you like, only need the investigation after it's been proven. Ah. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. You, you you prove something and then you investigate it. Yeah, the example they give is uh, the Eddie Obeid example from New South Wales, where he probably wouldn't have gotten investigated under the new reasonable suspicion threshold that they have. Oh, great. So the one that you told me about that was really, really worrying me is the bit about whistleblowers, because we already don't have any whistleblower protections, and we've already got the, the um, Bernard Collery, uh, Witness uh, K thing, where, where the, the, a whistleblower in relation to what Australia did to East Timor under Downer is being yeah. prosecuted in secret courts, yes. which is scary as hell. But like you need, you need not only to uh, encourage whistleblowers, you need things that at the very minimum protect them from coming forward. So not only do they have a much higher bar for this reasonable suspicion, where you in, pretty in this much proposed, in this proposed quasi ICAC yes, bullshit, where it where you have to pretty much be able to prove the criminal activity to, from the get-go. If the commission decides the action, the commission takes action and it doesn't lead anywhere, the whistleblower will be determined to have committed a criminal offence. What, what they criminal offence? They will be in, deemed to have intended to cause detriment to another person. And if there's no basement, uh, and if they say there's no basis, uh, that person would have suspected corrupt conduct, that they could have 12 months imprisonment. And their excuse, this is to stop it being a political weapon. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so who's going to come forward knowing that, that uh, if it goes badly, you, you, you'll get prosecuted and you, you're um, the one who's looking at jail. That's, yeah. wow. That's not an ICAC. That's like when the Libs took over and destroyed the NBN and called it the NBN. Don't yes. stop using the names of things that we like. Yes. And that we can all agree are needed for things that are a shit version of that. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Oh, and the AG has powers to keep yeah. information from the commission. Right, yeah. right. That's, okay. Yeah, no, so the Attorney General can just say, oh, sorry, that's incompetence. We can't give you that. Look, I, I have to say I'm deeply stunned that the Liberals would have produced a policy which uh, in effect protects them from doing yes. corruption. Well, it is the Commission to Protect Parliamentarians and Senior Public Servants from Investigation. It's a really snappy sort of acronym. Oh, that's the... The, yeah, the CPPASPSI. Okay, that's that's what the uh, uh, Victorian Supreme Court judge, former Victorian Supreme Court judge, uh, dubbed it. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's. Uh, I, I like that. CPP SPSI. All right. Well, that's that's where we'll leave it because we are doing quick one. And I'm sorry that I did say that we we're going to record on th Tuesday, then on Thursday, and look, it's just when you have little children, it can sometimes go awry when you when you have such plans. How do we get an episode out uh, in the next week? Presumably, by the time you hear this, uh, the Victorian 
the, the investigation to what happened during quarantine will come out. The uh, preliminary report. And so, you know, our restrictions are being loosened, so that's a, that's a, that's some good news. Uh, yeah. As long as we don't, as long as it doesn't mean the virus goes nuts again. Uh, it is it is lovely that by the time that the borders open between Victoria and New South Wales, it's going to really be the, more the other way that, that Victorians should be looking at. Oh, we've got oh. down to, we've got down to double zero. Today is the seventh day. It's double yeah, seven. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And yeah, that's no, a situation where Victoria is like, maybe we don't want to open to you. Maybe, yeah. Those New South It was so weird. We, we went to we went, we went across the border because we're in the border yeah. now. We went across the border the other day, and they're not wearing masks. No. You, you go to a shopping centre in Albury, and, and you can like smell people. It's so weird. I know. And not only are they not wearing masks, they're not really social distancing either. No, which means like that we haven't got a vaccine for it. It hasn't gone no, away. It's exactly. Quite, and I'm quite scared about that because if you want you want to sort of. A, a, terrifying vision of the next the next thing it's that new south wales manages to convey convey the virus back into victoria and victoria and we start is, this nice little table tennis match um, can you imagine how victorians will go will react to andrews having to lock us down again no no mm. i can't it's a chilling vision of things to come anyway all right so we'll leave it there for this week denise where can people find you on the toots uh dnc on twitter d-e-e-n-s-e-y and people can find us at Well May We Say. Uh, and yes, any comments, discussions, things, that's probably the main way to reach us since we're all glued to Twitter at the moment. Thank you very much, Alex Lum, for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. Thank you to all of our podcast supporters at, on Patreon. You are how the podcast keeps going. And we, we do apologise for the frequency issue at the moment, but we are going, hoping to ramp that up again. It's just, you know... <laughs> we have a plan. A plan. But lockdown with the children has, has in fact, not, in, not made it easy to record podcasts at all. Strangely. Weird. Anyway, uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye.